much. We are excited to be here and we are excited to be in the international service because we live in Vienna and uh, Vienna is a really international city. So that's why we love it. Thank you for having us. So also very welcome to the online community microchurches in all over, in all over the world. <laughs> so I'm from Austria. Uh, my wife is from Vienna, that's why, uh, no, from Vienna, from Switzerland. She speaks very good English and I speak this kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger English, you know. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> good. So for me, this is really an amazing uh, moment. Uh, I should pray, yes? Yes, you yes, should pray. I pray, yeah. good. It's always no, a, first. Good, a okay. good thing to good. pray. Good, okay. Uh, but I feel the presence of God here. So I'm, or we are actually the coaches of the international churches. So we were uh, privileged also to, to get a, a journey with ICF in Kiev. We know uh, we are good friends with ICF in Tel Aviv, where the pastors are here. Very welcome. And, and so we were also church planting over the last years uh, in Europe, outside of the German-speaking countries. And that's why I'm really, really honored because I feel like uh, we are on the right place. Yes. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are here today. And please open up our hearts, open up our mind, that we can feel and hear from you. And we understand what we have to do tomorrow and the next days in our lives. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ilana. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so uh, this conference was about the topic, uh, Your Kingdom Come. And uh, we, we spoke in the last uh, uh, weeks about what should we preach at the, at, the, at, the, at the church in ICF Zurich after the conference with these great uh, uh, people here because they, they heard everything already. And then I asked Ilana, Ilana, go, go pray and, we want, uh, and, and tell me what we have to speak here. And <laughs> it's a good one, huh? That's what, we, what I always do when I don't know what to do, I ask. Her. So, and, and this, this weekend, uh, this conference, during this conference, we spoke a lot, spoke a lot about uh, the bride, uh, the wedding with Jesus and the kingdom. And I want to, uh, and, and we have this, uh, we had this feeling also to speak about the same topic. So we all love to go to weddings, hmm? isn't it? Yes, we love to go to weddings. Only one is honest. <laughs> no. We only love to go on our own weddings. I loved my own wedding so much. I loved it. And now when I, when, I, when I have nothing to do on other weddings, I really don't like to go so much. Because you go, you sit in the church, and then you wait. <laughs> you wait for the bride. And we had a friend and, uh, with an oriental background. So she, she came from Armenia, lived in Switzerland. And they used to come a little late. So everybody, everybody was in church, so the groom was in church, the family was in church, and we were there and waiting, and the people were waiting five minutes, so you wait five minutes for the bride, no problem. Ten minutes in Switzerland, the people get a little nervous. After 15 minutes, people get not nervous, angry. After 30 minutes, Swiss people, they, they freak out, they, they, they curse and everything. 
But one hour passed by, and after one and a half hours, she came. Yeah, easy. I had to make some photos, and everybody was angry. And it was really, really tough. So in the oriental background, in the wedding traditions, uh, during the day, it was very hot. That's why the weddings were at night. And the bride was, wait, uh, was waiting for the groom in her parents' house, not the way around. So, and the groom uh, was bringing the bride to her home. And there were also maids uh, of honor, virgins, with the bride. And because it was dark at night, they needed to, uh, they needed to have some lamps. So where are the lamps? So they, they, they used to have these oil lamps. So, and they went with the oil lamps to seek the groom. Understand? And when we speak about wedding, we see that Jesus always uh, took this deep picture about wedding because he said, one day we will have a wedding with Jesus. So in the future, if you believe it or not, if you like it or not, in the future, the church of Christ, you and me, we all together, we will face the groom, Jesus, and we will have a wedding so that's the end of times we will get married with Jesus as a church. So we must be ready. In Revelation 19, verse 7, it says, Let us rejoice and exalt him and give him glory, because the wedding celebration of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. And uh, Jesus also took the... Ah, here I am. <laughs> Jesus also took this um, picture from a wedding as a parable, and we want to read it together. A parable about ten virgins. When my coming draws near, heaven kingdom's realm can be compared to ten maidens who took, the, took their oil lamps and went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. Five of them were foolish and ill-prepared, for they took no extra oil for their lamps. Five of them were wise, for they took flasks of olive oil with their lamps. And when the bridegroom didn't come when they expected, they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. And then suddenly, in the middle of the night, they were awakened by the shout, Get up! The bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him. So all the girls got up and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish ones were running out of oil. The lamp gotten dark, five of them. So they said to the five wise ones, share your oil with us because our lamps are going out. We can't, they replied. We don't have enough for all of us. You'll have to go and to buy some for yourselves. And while the five girls were out buying oil, the bridegroom appeared. And those who were ready waited, waiting were escorted inside with him and the wedding party to enjoy the feast. And then the door was locked. Later, the five foolish girls came running up to the door and pleaded, Lord, Lord, let us 
come in. Okay, we read this story and now we will see, um, we brought you like different end scenarios of the story. Okay, the first one, how should it end? The, the five foolish bridesmaids, they went away, they got their oil and now we will show you end scenario one. Are you ready? You are ready, okay. And we read they were running. Okay, I have to go a little bit back. Needs to be authentic. Okay, okay, let's go. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Now I have the oil. Oh, we have the oil. <laughs> hello, girls. Hello, hello. hello. Uh, sorry. So you are late. I know, yes, I know. You're late Sorry. and you have your oil, but you are now late. Well, it. no now problem. There is a second chance. There is a day of grace. No problem. Come in. Come in. No problem. All easy. Come in. Okay. How did you like this ending? Oh, it's nice, right? Nice. A graceful God, how we read about him in the Bible. The point is, this happy end isn't written in the parable. Okay, end scenario two. Ready? Ready. I go back. I go back for my run. Okay. Hello. Hello. Uh, we're here now. Oh, we have the oil. Hello, girls. Hello. You I'm are so sorry. Late. I know. I know. I know. Where are the other girls? Uh, are they already here? They already. They, hey, they... girls. Why did you share your oil with the others? Didn't I told you you have to plant a seed if you have a need, and there is something about giving more than receiving. While while you have to give the oil to them. Well, go out. Go out. Out with you, and you come in, you poor girl. So yeah, come on, we we help you here with everything you need. Come on. Okay. <laughs> okay. And scenario two. How did you like it? Uh, uh, okay. Okay. First one was the best one. Okay. And scenario three. Let's read together the holy word of our Lord. <sighs> but he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Jesus said, I don't know you. So is this story written in the Old Testament? No. Who does it say? It was Jesus himself, son of God. Does he speak to unbelievers? No. He speaks to us, to the believers. Like the bridesmaids, they were invited for the wedding. And he says, I don't know you. I don't know what happened inside of your mind and your heart if you hear that. But I think, Jesus, I want that you know me. 
And what can I do that you know me at the end of my life? And I think it's really important to think about it because Jesus told this parable and he was really serious about it. And, you know, I cannot tell you where you, when you reach the point exactly when Jesus says, I don't know you. But I never want to reach this point. And that's why we think it's really important to talk about like how and why we can avoid this. And that we stand in front of Jesus with enough oil and he says, I know you. So prevent an oil crisis because Jesus is coming back. Jesus said, I will come back soon, 2,000 years ago. So when I, when I make an appointment with people which I don't like, I say, yeah, let's meet soon. <laughs> let's meet soon. So it's like uh, from now, 2,000 years, I have time because Jesus did the same. So how is it possible to be not ready if we know everything. How is it possible to be not ready when you know everything? The last months and years showed us that we know everything and we were not ready. Three months ago, a war broke loose in Ukraine and Europe thought, yes, we are safe. Peace, we have peace in Europe. Peace, 30 years, 50 years of peace. And Jesus said, if you hear there is peace, 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 then be aware. He said, when you hear peace, 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 then be aware. So I, I, I had the privilege to, to be in contact with the pastors of ICF Kiev through the whole time. And on Monday before the war, I called them and said, yeah, we have a, a plane ticket to Warsaw. We go there, maybe, if the tension is too big. First day, there was no more plane. First day, nobody was ready. I woke up in the morning, I was shocked. A war? I'm not ready for war because grandmother said, when the Russians are coming, it's dangerous. So that's what my grandmother said. And then you're in the middle of a war in Europe. So we had the Balkanic War right in front of our doors 30 years ago and we fought never again. And then we were not ready. But it's even worse than we think it is. We in Europe thought, yes, we are safe. But you know what? We made business with Russia, with oil business and gas business. And over the last years, we sold everything, all our gas tank, our federal reserves of gas, we sold to Gazprom. You know Gazprom? Gazprom is a company from Russia. And last year, when the Russians started to prepare for war, they were uh, supposed to fill up our gas tanks like every year to 80%. And then when the war started, we were down at the level of 17%. And we are totally dependent on Russian gas. So, and you think, so I think by myself, I have the necessary church, uh, the church, uh, yeah, church degree, the necessary school degree, what you need to survive. But I thought there were very smart politicians and doctors and professors, and they know, they think it through, and they have a plan, and they know how to negotiate international with gas and oil, that I can turn up the heating in winter and it will be warm. And everybody thought, yeah, no problem, we are ready. We were not. 
not ready, knowing what the problem is, knowing the truth, but because of money and because of distractions, we thought this, this will never happen. And this, is, and this is so strong because Jesus said, get prepared. And he warned us. And so many times he said, there are things coming. There are things coming. In the Bible, in the New Testament, there are 260 chapters. And almost 300 times he mentioned that he will come back soon. And we read it, but we don't believe it. We knew, the politicians, everybody knew in the business world, we are dependent on Russian gas. I don't blame the Russians, the people, but we depended. But now, oh, 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 a big cry and we don't know what to do. So now we have no solution. They say they find a solution, but there are not so many. Professor, uh, pro Professor Kaftan, I need to pronounce it that it sounds more international, Professor Kaftan. <laughs> it said, the wonderful strength of the early Christian community was based only on the living hope of the visible, personal coming of Christ. So the first Christians, they saw Jesus. They saw the first disciples and Jesus died on the cross. He rose again and they said, I come back soon. And every morning, the first Christians, when they get up in the morning, they said, yeah, Jesus is coming back today. Get ready, sell everything, go all in, plant churches, preach the gospel because tonight I'm in heaven. Well, it uh, was the soon thing. <laughs> it was longer. And then they said every day there was with the expe expectations, Maranatha, Jesus, you are coming back soon. And the first Christians, they got uh, tortured by the Romans. And during the torture, maybe Bartholomeus, when they ripped off his skin, he said, Jesus, come back soon. Now would be a great moment to come back. Well, he had to die uh, a normal death. <laughs> And the first Christians in the arena were eating up by the lions, but not standing there, scared. They were worshiping Hosanna, Maranatha, Jesus, come back soon. And then, a, and then the years passed by and the church went asleep. Oh, the church needs to have influence on politics, on this and that and this and that. And the cry of our hearts, Jesus, come back soon, went very silent because we live all a very comfortable life. But when the crisis breaks in, what does the church do? Jesus, come back soon. It's always the same. You read the Bible. Crisis bring us on our knees. And there is one prayer. I want to go to heaven before somebody kills me. So the five foolish virgins, they did They didn't, they, they didn't do the obvious. They didn't prepare for the darkness. Yeah, and it's one thing to avoid the old crisis. And the other thing is we really have to check the oil level from our personal life lamp regularly. Every day again and again. But what does that mean? What does the oil mean for our life, for your life? If we talk about oil, if it's written uh, about oil in the Bible, most of the time it's, it's a picture for the Holy Spirit. 
It's a picture for the presence of God. And the five foolish uh, bridesmaids, they, they didn't do like, it was a no-brainer to bring oil to, for waiting for the groom because he was always late in the middle of the night. It was a no-brainer. But what are these things for us, for us Christians? They are like no-brainers. When do we know each other? If we spend time, do we spend time with our God? Do we spend time with the Holy Spirit daily? You know, when, when, we, when we get saved, we know the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit comes into our life and lives in us and through us. Do you believe? I believe. And you know what's amazing about that fact? If I have some, some thoughts in my mind, you don't know them, right? No? Only if I tell you what I'm thinking. Just my own spirit in me knows what I am thinking. Yes? It's true. And it's written in the Bible that God also has thoughts. And who has like this um, access to God, God's thoughts? His spirit. Come on. And where does his spirit live if we accept Jesus? In us. And that's, so as I understand it, then I have through the Holy Spirit in me, I have access to godly thoughts. That's right. But do we cultivate it in our lives? Um, get we, uh, do we get filled again and again with this power of the Holy Spirit? Do we really search for this presence of the Lord in our life? You know, if we don't have oil, it's, it's a kind of sign of a spiritless life. Maybe we have started as a believer, we met Jesus. But it got long, we had to wait, and then we became tired, we got distracted, and we filled our life with other stuff. So we need to, we need to check this oil level in our life, because this oil is some of like... Um, It's an indispensable asset. As Jesus says, he said, with no oil, I don't know you. So we need to feel us. We need to check the level. And Paul writes this really great. How can we make sure um, that we live out of this spirit and that the power of the spirit is in our lives? It's in Ephesians. So be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom. For we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes, not for our own. And don't live foolishly. For then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. 
And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. Here we go again, continually. And your hearts will be overflow with a joyful song to the Lord. Keep speaking to each other with words of scripture, singing the Psalms with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. Always give thanks to Father God for every person he brings into your life in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I was born in the region where there is so many wine and, and, <laughs> it, and it, uh, it touched me when they say uh, don't drink wine. Um, but the problem is not a glass of wine. I thought it through and I thought what would you want to say to him? The problem is not a glass of wine or a glass of beer. The problem is that we seek alcohol as a destruction. This distracts us from Jesus because alcohol and all, so many substances in life, they create dopamine in our brain and we have dopamine, we feel good. So we seek alcohol, we seek drugs, we seek the kick of money, we seek the kick of having a career, we seek the kick of pornography, we seek the kick of media. And for example, um, um, social media, Instagram, I'm totally addicted. Really, because in the, when I wake up in the morning, I'm happy to see my smartphone. The first likes, and now I'm in Zurich, I have more likes. So it's like, it's, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like a kick, you know? And the thing is not the problem with the glass of alcohol, the thing is a distraction, what the, all these things are bringing. So money, career, all good things, but when it becomes... Uh, uh, our God and becomes our idol, it's a problem for us and we will lose our way. So I brought you, according to the scripture, I brought you some points how you can live a life ready to meet Jesus every day. First thing, let the Holy Spirit fill you again and again. Again and again, come to church. Seek God, seek Holy Spirit, fill me. Be careful how you live. It does, it does matter if you sin or not. Of course, your sin is forgiven. The past, the present, and the future sin, Jesus uh, forgave you at the cross. But sin destroys your life. Sin destroys your relationship to God. Sin destroys your conscience. It's not about Him. He's easy with everything. But your conscience will be touched and then you cannot seek Him. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit because you're distracted. That's why sin is so terrible in the eyes of God. It's not because that you destroy him, but you, you destroy yourself. The other one, he said, do good. Do good. There is nothing to misunderstand about it. Do good every day. The will of God, act smart and wisely. Don't be stupid. Read Proverbs and act wise and smart. You know what to do at the end of the day. Worship God. Don't stop worshiping even though you are in pain. I had a very bad surgery last year and I was in my hospital room and it was terrifying, painful. I stood up at night. I walked through my hospital room. I said, Jesus, Jesus, I worship you. I praise your name. The pain didn't go away. 
but I could feel and know that Jesus is now in the room. And I felt this presence of God with pain. The pain didn't go, go away, but my perspective changed. Be thankful. Be thankful every morning. Be thankful for God. Be thankful for everything. Be thankful for your life because you have a life you can give to Jesus. And the last thing, which is one of the most important things, tell about Jesus. When I go around preaching the gospel to unbelievers, I feel happy. And everybody does. Because you know why? Because you pour out the, the, the eternity. You pour out oil into other people's lives. You pour out the gospel. And Jesus pours his oil into you. And when, it's, when then it's the, the circle is flowing, you get rid of your problems very fast. So Ilana had a great story uh, yesterday because we used to do this all the time. We like to preach the gospel every day, everywhere, whenever we can, not only in church, of course. Yeah, I was in the supermarket yesterday at the Mikro. You know it? I love Mikro. And there was this old lady behind me and she wanted to pay uh, their, uh, her stuff and she didn't have enough money. So I had the thought, okay, pay for her stuff. And I did, and she was so perplexed. She said, in my whole life, I never experienced something like that. And she said to me, lady, I'm sure you will go to heaven. And I said, yes, amen. But I said, but I hope you too. And we had this talk about heaven, about Jesus, and she hugged me and after I went home and I felt so filled like filled more than about the whole conference of course also the conference was like BAM <laughs> but this was such a special moment it was so unspectacular unspectacular but it counted in my life and I hope Unexpected. In, 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 the, in the life of this old lady. Thank you so much. I brought you something. Uh, so we, we were in a conf at a conference in the US and we saw Dr. John Maxwell. I know if you know him, I love him. Everything what he says next to me is, uh, <laughs> is true. <laughs> So, and, and I saw at the, at the smartphone of the 75-year-old Dr. John Maxwell, be the sword and be the light. And I put it on as a wallpaper on my smartphone that it reminds me every day when I look at my smartphone, be the sword and the light. So every day when I, when I go out, when I see people, so I say, put this on your iPhone and let us remind it. Uh, let us be reminded. So three weeks ago, I told uh, Ira, the pastor of ICF Kiev, she lives with us in Vienna, and Ludmilla, your friends. So I, I, I told him, come on, let's go to the main train station in Vienna because I know there are a lot of refugees from Ukraine are coming. And I just said, let's go there. We have 15 minutes time because of the park ticket. <laughs> it's expensive. And, but let's go there. 
and seek somebody. Let's go there and see what God wants to do. And we went there, we found a lady, I asked, where are you from? She said, yeah, obvious, from Ukraine. Uh, good question. I said, yes, it's a stupid question. But, and I said, where are you going? I go back to Kiev. And we spoke to her, her teenage daughter was with her, and we could make a great connection, was something perfect because they need something in their village. And what we have is an ICF movement and they have something what ICF Kiev could, could need. And she was so amazed. She said, during the whole crisis, the only one who helped for free were Christians. And we prayed for her. And after these 15 minutes, we went away, we three of us, we were just happy. Mission completed, gets, go back to the park, parking slot. But it's sometimes these little things and Jesus wants to use us every day. And while he uses us, we get filled up and we will be ready when he comes. Because ministering to Jesus, being in service for Jesus is the biggest protection in our lives. When you serve him, you cannot run away. When you serve him, you are on his list. He will protect you. He will see you. He fills you again and again. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship they, that podcast could be a very well cool thing just share the link because it's pretty pretty easy and I'm looking forward to see you again tune in and God bless you and see you soon bye bye